Welcome back to Calibration Station. Today, I'm joined with a guest called Bridget. <laughs> Bridget, how would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, uh, my name is Bridget. I'm originally from Port Huron, Michigan, but I know Brian when uh, we met at Penn State in the Penn State Blue Band. Uh, when I uh, was in the Blue Band, I played trombone, and I was also the vice president for the last two seasons, including the pandemic season, which was very interesting. But um, as of right now, I graduated last December, so I'm a recent graduate of Penn State, and I started a part-time master's program at George Mason University in industrial organizational psychology. So uh, other than that, I'm just trying to get used to uh, what it's like to be an adult, and it's been very interesting so far. So... Yeah, that's that's who I am. That's about the main points. Unless Brian, you have something else you want me to say? <laughs> uh, not really. Um, I like that you brought up like being an adult. What does being an adult mean? Like, how how has it changed since like you graduated? I guess when I I graduated, and I kind of have like a unique story that I'll share a little bit about um, about like something that happened to me like right after I graduated. Mm -hmm. So. I did want to do my master's program and in that was the field that I've studied the last four years, but you can't practice unless you have a master's. So I was super excited to do a master's program, but I wanted to do a part-time one because I wanted to work at the same time. Industrializational psychology like, is the scientific study of human behavior in the workplace. So I find that I understand it a lot better with more work experience that I have to go with it. So it was very important to me to do the education and work at the same time. So I was applying to jobs and I got a job in December. Um, you know, it was a pretty good job. I don't want to go into exactly like who it was with and like what happened, but um, it was two days before I graduated. I was super excited. Uh, it was right along the lines of like something that I was looking to do. And then three months later, they were like, we're really sorry, but we, we can't onboard you and we can't hire you. And, you know, I like got this job like right before I graduated. And I was like, oh, yes, like everything's so great and peachy and the adult world is so good. And I'm so excited to have an education and also work just to get like this huge slap in the face about yeah. uh, like losing this opportunity. And it was totally out of you know, my control and really like their control and they felt really bad about it. Um, but you think it would like make it easier for me to like get past it, but I'm sitting here and I'm like, why did this happen? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. It, it, um, yeah, it's, that's kind of just been like my big wake up call. I feel like to the world where I thought everything was going to be so great and perfect. And I got this like slap in the face right out of college but I still am working on my grad degree right now. I started like three or four weeks ago. So we're all good. I'm still, you know, I'm happy and I'm just looking for other opportunities out there. And I know I'm going to find another one. It was just kind of like <laughs> a very like awakening call, I would say, about what, you know, what what life is like out of college. Yeah. So, interesting. I, I have um. I have like a, I'm doing like a mentorship program and I have a mentee who just, uh, he was looking for an internship and I was trying to help him, but um, I've never had an internship before. So I was like, not really the best person, but he kind of had the same experience as you where 
he got an offer to work for this company, like to intern for this company, but then they revoked it for whatever reason. And I think he's gone through like some some of the same stuff where he's just like, man, this sucks. Like, I, mm-hmm. I don't know what I'm doing this summer anymore. So that's right. not and, be like, great for him. Part, yeah, no. And like the worst part was is like, I was already planning to like move to that location. I was already looking at like places to 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 live out there. We're still like completing all of the onboarding stuff and the training stuff and blah blah blah. And you know, I already told everyone that this is what I was going to do. Like I'm moving to this place, uh, yeah. you know, come June and this is what I'm doing and I'm super excited about it and just to have to like go back to like every single person that I told and be like yeah it was like really really hard yeah it also sucks because like now i'm like oh god i don't know when i'm gonna get a job now i mean i have like my current job and i love them all to death um it's just at a restaurant and i'm and i'm a cook and that's fine like i do i'm I'm happy i at least have that because i want Mm. to find something that i really really like i don't want to be rushed into just taking you know uh another job so um but that was like by far the worst part was just that like you were planning on doing it and this Mm -hmm. is what you were going to do and this is where we're going to move just to have like all of that wiped off the table and then you're behind like everyone else right i'm three four months behind the application process for jobs you know even though i graduated in december i have a lot of friends of mine who were spring graduates and they already have jobs because they were applying that time and i wasn't so it was it was just like one of those things I was like, oh, okay, this is how it's going to be. So I yeah. definitely feel for that guy. Um, <laughs> needs anything, give him my number. I'd be happy to talk to him <laughs> because it really does suck. Yeah, I, I had something similar too. Uh, at the start of, or at probably one year ago, I, I'd applied for grad school. Like I, my senior year of college, I was like, yes, I'm going to do grad school because I want to be a professor and, you know, I need to go to grad school for this. And I would, I just like told all my friends like, yeah, yeah, I pretty much have a PhD lined up. I know pretty, pretty good. <laughs> but like at the start of the pandemic, I, I found out that I get didn't get into grad school and I was like, oh shit or oh crap, man. Actually, <laughs> I can edit like whatever uh, out. So if you feel like swearing, I'm just going to keep the swears in because I that's how I normally do my podcast. And yeah, yeah. But back to my story. <laughs> I'll try not to. I have I have a bad habit of letting it slip sometimes, but I'll try not to. I'll, I'll try to. No, watch it's this. fine. You, you can swear. <laughs> you can, yeah, you can swear if you want. But back to the story. Um, like I, I found out I didn't get into grad school and it was like, this really sucks because now everyone thinks I'm a loser and that probably wasn't the case but uh, I fortunately like emailed them back after the pandemic hit they're like we're opening we're like extending the deadline for graduate school applications so I just emailed them and it was like hey can you reconsider my application and they let me in so that that was awesome but oh yay um, good for you yeah that's um no, it's good on you. I'm actually trying to to work something out with them right now too. I don't think that it'll it'll go through, but sometimes you have to, you know, it's really good to reach back out to those people and be like, "Hey, I'm I'm actually really really interested in this and yeah. you know, I'll do anything and 
to to get me where you want want to be, and that means a lot. And sometimes that works out. I've I've had that happen before, where there was an opportunity and I didn't get it, and then I reached back out and said, "Hey, you know, I'm still really dedicated to this. What can I do?" And I was able to get through. So I don't think that'll be the case with this job, sadly. But um, you know, it's it's important to do that because uh, you know you never know what putting in that extra that email or that little extra effort uh, will get you. Mm-hmm. So good for so, you. Congratulations. Oh, thanks. So you said you're working at a restaurant and also uh, going to grad school part time. Is that correct? Yes. Okay, so what do you think of your current life? What's your opinion? It's, it's you know, it's been interesting. I mean, I'm happy. I Most important to me was continuing that education in IO psychology. Um, that's, it's, you know, it's just something I didn't want to put off. So I'm really glad I have that opportunity. And it may not look exactly how I expected three months ago, but I'm still working and I'm working full time right now. It's, it is hard to balance both of those, but, um, you know, I'm just really happy to get experience no matter what industry and what I'm doing. Um, anything's useful when you want to study the workplace for the rest of your life. And, um, I'm super dedicated. I, I love my grad major, like more than anything. I'm so, I'm such a nerd with the subject. I, like my hobby is just like that subject because I'm so interested in it. So um, I'm just super grateful for that opportunity. I actually have a call with my professor later today. So yeah, that's fun. And um, you know, it's that that one situation like was very hard on me, but you know, I'm surviving and I'm here and that speaks a lot to me too, that I'm just like, you know, like that was a big hit, but like I'm here and I got up and we're still going. So, you know, I'm still, I'm still happy and I'm glad that I, um, still get to continue my education. I know I've said that like four times in the past five minutes, but I am like very, very grateful that I have that right now because especially when that it first happened and I was feeling really low about it, you know, that was like my anchor is that, you know, I'm still working towards my long-term goals. Like this doesn't mean anything in the long term. It I still have so much opportunity ahead of me. And um I had a a uh it was actually someone who was in the blue band major. Uh actually I'm not gonna say his name, but um <laughs> he gave me some advice after it happened because I reached out to him and he just said, you know, like sometimes it's not if when something inconvenient or bad happens, it's when something bad and inconvenience happens and you gotta get back up. And that's how it, you know, that's how it determines the outcome is how you respond to situation when, when something like this happens. So I've been keeping that in mind and I've been in a much better mindset about it the past like month or so than when it originally happened. Yeah. So, um, you know, I'm still, it's, everything's a learning experience and I'm just a, I'm still a baby of an adult, you know, a little bit of an oxymoron, but I am, I'm still learning a lot about, you know, everything in recently graduating and trying to, make a life <laughs> for myself yeah, no. that's so fantastic optimistic but you know definitely like this isn't going to be the last thing i experience and we're all going to experience stuff like this so i'm just kind of like all right i'm optimistic but like i'm also ready for these <laughs> yeah yeah these obstacles 
I had um I had this really interesting person on my podcast last time, and he get his last like words of advice was that uh, um, your first job you don't have to like your first job, you just have to like what you're learning. And I think that that was like I was like holy shit, man! You just blew my <laughs> you just rocked my world. Like I don't think it only applies to jobs. I think it's more of like in life as as long as we like we like what we're learning then it's so much easier to to move forward and yeah so tell me more about your your major like what is it about your major that that speaks to you that you find interesting oh my gosh we're gonna be here all day so if i start (laughs) on rambling just shut me up because i could talk about it for hours uh so when i originally came into uh penn state um I knew that I wanted to go into psychology. I showed a lot of strength in the uh, psychology field, even in high school. Um, and I remember like my one of my psych teachers was like, you have to go into this. This is like your calling. This is, you know, I don't think I've ever met someone who just gets it like you do. So, and I love the subject, but I was very interested in abnormal psychology, which is like the study of, um, you know, like, uh, mood disorders and personality disorders. It's a lot more, um, on like that side of the spectrum of psychology. And that's really all you learn coming from high school. You don't learn much about the other side of psychology, which is the study of, you know, people in everyday settings. It's the study, the social psychology of just like groups and teams and why we follow these similar patterns of behavior. And um, one of those facets in the social psychology realm is IO psychology, which is specifically the study of the workplace. So we take everything that applies to the workplace and we are just very specific towards that. I didn't know the field existed, like I've heard of it, but I didn't know what it was until I got to college and I started taking, I took abnormal psychology. I already, I tested out of like the general psychology and I took that abnormal class and I realized like three weeks in, four weeks in that it was just something I didn't want to do. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, oh, God, like I'm in this situation where I don't know what I want to do anymore and I don't want to waste classes. I'm going to an out of state school. But my backup major was economics because that was my second favorite uh, subject in high school. And I remember talking to one of my professors and they were like, you should really look into IO psychology because it's basically like economics for human behavior in the field of psychology. And if you like both of those, then you're probably going to like industrial psychology and so I was like oh okay I'll take the intro class because you know it'll count towards my credits anyway and then like within a week of taking that class I was like cool this is what I'm doing with the rest of my life (laughs) so um yeah it's very interesting it's very research-based a lot of people are like oh so it's like HR but it's like very you know we don't do anything without testing and data analysis before we make decisions for the workplace. You can either go into like academia studies and do research or you can consult. I'm leaning towards the consulting side, but it was a very hard pick for me. I really like both areas of the research and the consulting. So um, I, yeah, it's, it's very interesting. And it's something I'm passionate about because I feel like a lot of people don't like their jobs or, you know, like I personally, I have been under a lot of really bad managers and leadership, you know, and I 
Yeah. And I want to make sure that like we can fix that. And I want the workplace to be a good place for everyone because we spend our whole lives working and, you know, I want to help develop leaders so they can help people in the workplace and teach people how to be leaders. So it's, um, yeah, it's, it's, I'm so excited for it. And I've, (laughs) I've been like waiting for the grad program since my freshman year. So it's hard. It's hard. (laughs) I'm like, I'm, you and I'm like I don't know what I'm doing but we're just gonna right. keep going and hopefully I figure it out totally uh, no I, th- I think that's a great mindset to like go into something without any expectations and just you know learn as much as you can like soak it all up as if you're like some sort of sponge that's that's kind of like how I went into my first year of grad school um I just finished my first year and I'll be back for another one major in grad school I, I do electrical engineering well i do okay. specifically I, I do radio waves and detection i knew there was something in engineering but i was like i don't know which, <laughs> which yeah basically. yeah there's so many and electrical engineering too is like so broad in itself so it's it's really i have such a narrow focus that i don't really know that much outside of like my very specific field but um Oh, what was I saying? I don't remember. This happens to me a lot. I think like your mindset and how it's a good mindset to just absorb everything like a sponge and go that's in. True. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. I, I actually didn't do as well as I expected. Um, I, I think it's just because I had like really high expectations of myself, and and really there is no reason for that. Like there, there's no reason to be like. You know, I'm going to change the world. Well, that's what I wanted to do because I thought I was like, I thought I was awesome. <laughs> that's that's probably the simplest way to put it. But, you know, I've met a lot of people, like a lot of professors and a lot of friends that have kept me humble, like just being in their presence. I'm like, wow, you guys are awesome. And that's all there is to it. Like, I want to be like you. So that's one of the reasons why I started this podcast, too, was so I could like steal personalities from people and be like hey that's that was cool i'm gonna take that and use it for myself so there's no better experience than being <laughs> humbled yeah, <laughs> yeah for sure for sure tough experience but then you're like oh, okay <laughs> right, I <got> right. <laughs> so i i wanted to ask you like honestly i think i would be very i would be scared to be a psychology major um just personally because I don't want to feel like I know more than other people about, like, life, you know? Like, I don't want to be like, this is the reason why you're acting that way. It's because of this. Or maybe I'm not saying it right. Or I don't really know where I'm going with this. But have you ever felt that way about, like, what you're talking about? Yeah, it's it's kind of, it's, I do, I do feel that. And I I know exactly what, you know, you're talking about. Okay, so great. I, I speak on it a little bit. So, you know, you see it on both sides of psychology, both that like abnormal side and that social side. But I think it's a little bit more of something you experience on that social side, because even in like the abnormal side, you know, you have like a book that lists symptoms and someone can come to you and you can go down and like check them off. You at least have some structure. But on the social side of things, like all you can really do is do a bunch of research studies and then put them all together and find like patterns of behavior. And even then, there's always going to be those couple of people that just aren't going to follow it. So it, it is a, you know, it's a, (laughs) 
I kind of understand that because there is no one reason for it to happen. There's no like manual to how human behavior works. Yeah, exactly. A bunch of examples and try to move off of that, but not every single thing you fix is going to follow that model. And that's where you kind of hit that like wall. That's like, okay, like this usually works. And then you, you do the thing that usually works and it doesn't work or it makes things worse. And then you got to be like, Oh God, like, where do I go from here? And you got to like start over. So you kind of have to be in, I, I say like it would be a really hard field to go into, especially on like the social side of of like the major, if you're not like naturally inclined to understand psychology. Mm. It's not something that like, I mean, you, you can read a lot and learn a lot from that, but I feel a lot of my success in the field is that I'm just very naturally, like I just kind of like get it all this, you know, I'm, it's mm. not, it's not a struggle for me to get some concepts. Some concepts are a little out there for me, but like even in high school, like, as I said, like it was just something that came so naturally to me. So when I run into those issues, you know, I'm not just like, Oh God, like I have to start reading textbooks and figure it out. I usually have enough knowledge to kind of handle it, but yeah, it's, it's, it, it can be a rough field in that sense of, you don't have a textbook, you don't have a manual, you don't have something goes wrong, you don't have a thing that you can just reference that immediately fixes it. Humans aren't machines, we don't have, you know, like, oh, I hear a sound. And when that sound happens, it means you have to like, replace this, like, you know, like a car would or like a machine machinery would. Yeah. Um, so humans are all, you know, we're very similar, but we're also very different. <laughs> So you have to learn how to interpret all of that at the same time. So it is really hard sometimes, but right. um, I wouldn't say that I would say that like, maybe I know a little bit more because I understand the, uh, the basic patterns of behavior, but I'm also not going to be able to answer every question. If you're like, wow, this dude jumps up and slaps the exit sign every time he leaves He leaves work. Why does he do that? I'm going to be like, I have no idea, dude. I'm really sorry. <laughs> so, you know, we don't have the answers for everything. I don't have like some mystique knowledge of how all humans interact, but it's trying to find those patterns and, and sticking to that. So <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. Thanks. And also a little bit before you said you wanted to move into like the kind of consultant space rather than research in academia. Uh, would you like to talk a little bit more about how you want to spend your time and whether you have like a end goal or not? Yeah, I wanted to move. It was a hard decision for me. I thought I was, I always thought I was going to be one of those people that, you know, wasn't cut out for research because I'm, I'm not really that like sit down and study. I just thought I wasn't going to have like the attention or skill set for it. And then I did a research study or I was a research assistant at Penn State and I loved it. And at that point I was like, oh, oh God, I like both of these sides. What do I do? But the reason why I wanted to consult is, you know, as I said, I I've been, I've been in organizations for where, um, Sorry, someone just texted me and distracted me for a second. I'm just going to turn off the phone here. There we go. But I've been, in, I've been in organizations where you know, like I was very happy with it, but there was just like one or two things that like the management or the leaders that like they weren't getting and it was making things harder for everything else. 
And like in some of those situations, like I understood what was going on and I was just like, I want to fix it. Like I want to go up there and I want to be like, this is why this isn't working. Like, oh my gosh, please listen to me. And there's been times I've done that and then they don't listen to me. And I'm like, oh, like, why did, why did this happen? Like, oh, and then you kind of have to like watch them crash and burn and you have to like sit there and be like, oh, well, you know, like I wish you would have listened to me. So that was kind of like a reason why I wanted to go into consulting is because I really like this field and I want to learn, I want to nerd out and learn as much as I can about it. And in the same time, I want to help other people become better managers, better leaders, better, uh, you know, um, members of an organization. I want to help organization, organizational efficiency because I've been in good organizations and I've been in bad organizations and I know how it feels to be in each and every one of those. And uh, it makes a huge difference when you're in, you know, like I always say, I could have the worst job in the world, but if I like who I'm working with and I like my management and I like what the group stands for, I can do that job. You could ask me to be the janitor of a, you know, some you know, company that I feel really passionate about and that I really like the people in and the management in. And like, I would be like, hell yeah, I'll do this for the rest of my life. And vice versa, I could get my dream job and have like a really bad management system above me. And I would not last long in that job at all. So that's why it's, it's always been important to me to, you know, go into that and and lean into the consulting field because I want to help other people get better. Yeah, no, I think that's like a great, I freaking love leadership. I'm sorry. I I, I had like this experience where uh, my first semester of grad school, I already told you about this, but I was like, I was like, yeah, let's, let's do this thing. And I had a class where we were designing a radar to do a specific thing. It was just, pretty much just a, a class project. And uh, we got placed into teams, so... Um, me being the person that I am, I was like, yeah, I'm going to be the leader because like you, I've, I've been in those situations where I've, I've seen like really poor leadership. And I, I thought like, you know, I don't want to regret not doing any leadership role because, um, I only did two years of blue band and I didn't seize any leadership opportunity. I was just like, ah, whatever. And I totally regretted it. So going into this like grad school, I was like, any leadership opportunity that presents itself, like, I'm going to take it because I think I would rather have me do it and not feel like I don't want to be under poor leadership. And if my leadership is poor, then it's just something I can fix for the next time, like the next time I do something like this. And it just, the the project was terrible. Like, <laughs> I, my leadership was horrible, but... <laughs> You know, now I know, and it was super stressful, and I'm, I'm glad, like, my teammates were really understanding, and they're they're cool, but, yeah, so I know I for the next time. To talk about later in the podcast about how it's, you know, <laughs> you, you gotta learn from everything. Exactly. You don't, you don't need a title or, um, you know, some sort of official management position to be yeah. a leader organization and you can still make a huge you know impact and be the person that you know a lot of people look out up to and not have a title or have any title 
whatsoever. And I try to remind that to people that a lot of the times it's it's not about your position and what you're doing. It's more about how you are reacting in the organization mm. and the attitude that you bring every day. Um, so, yeah, well, but it's it's a learning. I'm you know I'm glad that you had that you had that realization that was like, oh, my leadership sucks because next time you do a project, you're going to be better at it somehow. It might yeah, be exactly. It's going to be better. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, I want to talk to you about Blue Band now. Uh, why did you decide to become the vice president of the Blue Band? What made you want to do that? Well, originally, it's actually kind of a cool story. Um, originally I was not going to run as vice president. I was going to run as another position on the board. And I had someone come up to me who was the current vice president and say, you need to run for this position. You have everything that is required for this position. And, uh, for people who are listening, who are not in blue band and don't really, you know, every organization sets up their, their executive board a little differently. But the vice president does so much stuff in the blue band. It is just, it is like a full-time position. And it's like, you're holding up so many pillars of different, of like with the administration and the staff, but also like on the officer board and then being a leader and then having to be like a role model for all other members. There's like so many different roles and shoes that the vice president has to play. So it's really important to have someone strong in that position. And she came up to me and said, you know what? I just, you're going to be good for this position. And I've had people, other people talk to me about it, but I just can't get it out of my mind that I think you should run for this. So, you know, I was really hesitant because I didn't think I was going to have what it take, what it took to fill the vice president position. So I was really hesitant, but you know, she kind of like talked me into it or not talked me into it, but I shadowed her for a little bit and you know, it was at that, it was at some moment that I was like, yeah, I think I am for any of all the people that are interested. I think I am like the best fit for this. So I ran and I got it and it ended up being a really good fit, even though I, you know, I stumbled through and I made a lot of mistakes, but you know, I got back up from those mistakes and I think I did a, a pretty good job. Um, even as, you know, a first even my first season when I had no idea what I was doing, uh, it just played to a lot of my skills and my skill sets as a leader. And I felt it was a very innovative role, um, which I really liked. It wasn't so much a maintenance role where you were kind of just like overlooking like, you know, something. It was very much like I had the creativity, like the, the vice president runs all the special events. So I got to like use that creative side of me to come up with new special events and, to build upon the current special events that we had. But I also got to mentor a lot of the officers. I got to be hand in hand with the staff um, when it came to um, discussing the band. So it filled, it, it filled a lot of, um, a lot of, I don't know what the word is, a lot of just like passion that I had because I got to make, I felt like I was making a direct impact on the other, Oh, did she leave? All right, guys, we'll be right back. 
I can't remember exactly. Yeah, I can't remember either. Let's just jump to a different. Uh, so you you talked about being creative in the vice president role. Uh, what were some of the events that like those special events that you you helped concoct? Um. So my first uh, season, um, there wasn't. I didn't have as much room to. It, it was harder for me to like adapt on what we did because I was like so focused on just getting through what was already in place. Mm. But, um, you know, when it came to like, even the stuff we already did, like we did the Labor Day picnic and I got to like come up with the games for that. And, you know, formal was probably like my biggest, uh, like my biggest accomplishment, the one that I feel like the most proud of because I, you know, I had to come up with a theme and the decorations and had to coordinate a team to put it all together. And, you know, I was very specific in like what I wanted and like the food I wanted to bring. And, you know, it was, it was just kind of a really fun way to use uh, my creativity, especially as someone like, I'm not that creative, but I'm a little creative and it was nice to use that. Um, but uh, something I was gonna, I think I kind of remembered where I was. Something I was gonna say, and I think this isn't a question that you had when you, you know, in one of the questions you said, why like the vice president and not, and not the president. Yeah, um, yeah. And I kind of touched on this a little bit earlier, but it's not, it's not always like the name of the position that matters, at least to me but it really it really shouldn't you shouldn't be like oh man like i want to be the manager so they have to call me manager you should say i want to be the manager because i think i i can contribute a lot to this leadership position um and that was like the same with me for vice president and and president was just i felt like i was going to be so much stronger and so much of a better fit in the vice president position and i was going to be able to do a lot more in the band in that position than the president position i never even considered running for president which i know a lot of people are surprised because a lot of people thought that i i was because it's kind of like a very natural thing to be like oh the vice president's going to become the president but i never even considered running ever because i knew that my strengths and what I wanted to do to help uh, it, like innovate the band, I could do that in the vice president position. And I wanted to improve upon it for our 2020 season. Like I had so many ideas on how to just completely transform the, the position. And you know, that kind of, you know, didn't go the way that I would have liked because we didn't have like any events <laughs> for the yeah. 2020 season because of the pandemic and that was too bad but I still got to pass on all of that information to the person who took the position after me so she's gonna do a lot of you know really good stuff as well but I told her I was like you're gonna struggle through this position and that's okay and you're gonna learn so much and she's also a junior next year so I was like and then if you want to improve upon it you can your senior year um so uh, I feel like I totally went on a tangent from what you asked me about the creativity of the events, but um, yeah, it was it was just it was fun and those it's kind of like it was a it was a difficult job and a lot of the times it was thankless. I didn't really get a lot of like oh thank yous and you did a, such a great job when I put on events and stuff. So it was really difficult, but it was like so rewarding yeah. to know that I had a hand in the. Um, satisfaction that the members felt in the band. 
Mm -hmm. I, I, I want to thank you for a second. I was at the Labor Day picnic um, my senior year, which would have been your junior year. And I right. just had a great time. Like, I was screaming. <laughs> and there was, like, I remember the slapping competition, like the ninja where you slap the person's <laughs> hand. And one of my friends, Ashley, she totally slapped the crap out of, um, oh, I can't remember his name. Is it Ben? Thought, I think I remember that. I, yeah, I think so. And he totally, she totally slapped the crap out of his face. And I was like, yes, that's amazing. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, so thank you for that. That was, and I totally know what you mean about, like, the thankless job. Like, it's it's really crazy. I, I kind of noticed that maybe not the higher up you move, but, like, the people in high up positions don't usually get thanked because I don't know why that is. And I remember my senior year of Blue Band, I, um, Dr. Drain said something to us after practice. It was like, I don't remember what it was exactly, but right after I was like, dude, I need to thank this guy. Like, I'm totally on board with what he's selling. So, like, like I want to thank him. <laughs> That's just what it was. So I just talked to we, we talked for like an hour after practice, and then yeah, it's it's pretty cool. I try to thank like my professors now, like not just like in an email or like at the end of class. It's more of like a it has to be one on one because I think it's more meaningful that way. But mm -hmm. yeah, I don't know. I don't know where I was going with that. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm, I'm the same. I gotta get like better at it. But you know, for anyone who's listening, or you know, even to like me, I know I can improve on this, and maybe you too. I really need to 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 take more time to thank the people who um help me through organizations because they they don't get thanked. Like Labor Day picnic, yeah. I you know, I didn't have one person come up to me and be like, you know, like sometimes people are like, oh, great job, that went well, but you know, there's no. There's not much beyond that. And that was one of the most stressful events that I have ever put on because the vice president, for some reason, has like four huge events just in September. And I was killing myself trying to get those mm -hmm. done on top of working a job and being a full time student. Like I I think I had like a mental breakdown the day before Labor Day because I was trying to make those wow. 12 freaking pudding pies <laughs> like, yeah <laughs> it was so much so you know just hearing like being like wow like i had a really good time at that event i'm just like oh man like it was all worth it because yeah. that's all here i i'll i'll put myself through so much stress <laughs> if it means that like one person gets <laughs> gets something out of it so thank you for telling me that yeah, yeah that was totally. really that was a good time. <laughs> yeah, and, and I didn't know that, like, you actually put together that event. And I don't think most people knew that. So maybe that's why um, yeah. you didn't get thanked as much <laughs> as you should have. Yeah. That's just leadership in general, too. Like, there's a lot of things that the board has to either put on or that they have to deal mm. with. Right. Like, I love a lot of the directors and staff in the Blue Band, but sometimes they were not easy people to work with. And the mm -hmm. amount of effort that sometimes we had to go through to make like one nudge towards something. And then, you know, like it, no one saw that stuff. And then it would always, I'd always, you know, this is just in leadership in general. You're always gonna get something that like this. You're always gonna get criticism and that's fine. And I'm so like good with criticism. I wanna hear feedback whenever I can. But sometimes I would just hear something that like, oh, like the board's not doing enough. And I would sit there and I would be like, 
you see like 10% of the stuff that we do. And you like have no idea how hard it is to get these people to budge on simple things sometimes. But you know, it's, it's good to hear that at the same time because if our efforts are not being seen, then you know, I wanna make that clear that we're not just sitting around doing nothing. Uh, but sometimes like I remember like someone would give me criticism and I would be like, oh my gosh, there's like a hundred reasons why we can't do that. And I cannot you'd like tell you, I can't, there's not even, it's not even worth my time to go into like any of them. Right, right. <laughs> so it's, you know, like a lot of people think that like being a leader, and this is something I read in a book and it has always stuck with me. A lot of people think that like being in a leadership position is like amazing and you get all these like super cool perks and you get to be in this position and it's so cool and but like really it's it's there's like it's so much more work for like you know like you get the satisfaction of doing it but other than that there's not a lot of payback and also um i had someone like in a book that i read when you become a leader and this has always stuck with me you lose a lot of privileges you lose the privilege to be able to like actively complain about your organization because you're you're a role model now you lose the privilege of just being able to to kind of like slack off because you're doing like a you know a lot more work you lose the privilege of not caring about you know where an organization is going there's a lot of things that you lose that a lot of people don't get until you like get into a position and then you're like oh man this sucks yeah yeah <laughs> so it's you know it's a lot of work and it's worth it uh but you know it's it's one of those things that you got to be ready for it and you gotta have the um gotta have the drive or you you gotta be you gotta want to do it for some reason for me right. it's like if i don't see myself making a position better then i i won't run for it but as soon as i'm like oh like it would be so cool if we did this or i bet i could do that really well that's when it's like time from like i feel like to to start leaning into leadership but if you're just like oh yeah like i think this would be a really fun thing to go on my resume you're gonna hate that position <laughs> yeah i, I want to be honest with you and our listeners too don't worry i didn't forget about you guys uh, <laughs> i wanted to be like the reason i do leadership is not really the reason i do it is because i want to make myself look good for other mm -hmm. people um it's not really for like a resume thing. I don't really care about the people who aren't under my leadership who see it and they're like, wow, he was he was the leader for like this this group. Like, that's awesome. Like, I don't really care about that. I, re I really like the, the relationships that I can build with people under my leadership and around my leadership that, you know, they see me in a different kind of like a different light and just like not really respect my opinions more. I don't really know what I'm trying to say. But it's like a very selfish, like, I want to help you guys because I think it would be fun. And I think, I think we would all enjoy it. Like, that's genuinely why I want to lead. And I think that, like, my, my work is a lot better whenever I have other people that are, like, kind of relying on me to get this thing done rather than if it was just, like, by myself, for myself, uh, I just think my leadership is like selfish, but in a in in a good way. I don't oh, <laughs> I don't know if that makes sense. No, you're a good leader. That is like exactly what I would want to hear from someone who 
is a leader to me, you know? Like, I want to hear that, like, I think it would be fun to help you guys, and I, you know, think I can. Like, that's what I want to hear. I don't want to hear, like, oh, yes, I have the most experience out of everyone. (laughs) (laughs) I don't care. Yeah, right. I just want someone who's willing to help me, you know? Yeah, for sure, for sure. And that's, that's why I like leadership so much. It's like a guaranteed opportunity for me to grow, to get better at something, and to nurture like relationships that are uh i don't know that i could possibly have my attention span this is something else like a really weird tangent but i've been thinking about my attention a lot and i've been like really trying to focus on what the other person is saying so um in this case it'd be you but i have a really hard time like i love talking so i always want to say what's on my mind but my mind is always moving too fast. And it's already happening right now. So, yeah, I don't know where it's going with that. But I'm trying I'm to work on my attention. So I feel you. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like I'm on season four of this podcast right now. And I'm that's like one of the big things I want to work on is I want to pay more attention. And I want to give more specific questions. But, yeah, okay, let's move on. To my favorite question, which is not specific at all, but <laughs> I like it. Um, it gives my audience member uh, a chance to brag about themselves. So, Bridget, I want to ask you, what is your greatest strength? Yeah, when I when you I read that, like going through the thing, I was like, oh god, like I don't really know what I should say because I have my canned answers that I use for interviews, of course. And I think that's the only time I've ever been asked that question. I don't think anyone has ever been like, oh, like, what do you like about yourself? So first time ever, and thank you, Brian, for this opportunity, I am actually thinking about this question, not in the sense of a canned interview uh, answer, Um, you know, because I have that. I have that memorized. If (laughs) I can go pull out my notes right now from all the freaking interview prep that I have. But I'm not going to do that because I want to answer it in the way that I actually would answer it. Um, What I truly believe. So um, there's a couple things. You know, I definitely have my weaknesses and I would be the first person to own up to my weaknesses. But I do think there are a couple of strengths that I have that are very unique to other, um, other people. One of those is I am a very natural empath and it's one of the reasons why psychology was able to come so naturally for me and I like remember being like I remember this like realization I had in the eighth grade which is I can deal with any situation better if I imagine myself going through the situation like the other person is and I eighth grade I was in eighth So I was like 10 years old, 11 years old when I had that realization. And I've been practicing that ever since. And at this point, it's not even, you know, it doesn't even take effort because I've been practicing it for so long. Um, And I think that's why, you know, I will brag and I say that I think I'm a pretty good leader in in most senses. Am Am I perfect? Absolutely not. Are there some positions I absolutely could not pull off? Heck yeah. But in, for the most part, I think I'm a pretty effective leader, and I think that's one of the reasons why. Because anytime I have to make a decision, you know, I sit there and I'm like, what are they feeling? What are they going through? If I was in that position, what would I want? What, what would I want done? 
and then that's what I do. So I have that very, like, I'm going to put myself in your shoes before, you know, I make the decision and I'm right. going to try to take in your opinion as much as possible before I make a, a decision. So I think that's a strength I have because I, you know, I, I don't know how often other people do that because I don't ask that to people. I'm not like, hey, when you make a decision, do you like put yourself in the shoes of the other person? And I just do it so naturally now. It's not even like something that I have to like sit down and think about. I just, you know, I hear a situation and I'm like, okay, if I was in this, how would I feel? So that's yeah. how I respond. And I think that's a strength of mine. That's cool. Cause I, I had something like that. Um, my first year of college. So I, I did like DCA or drum corps. I don't know if you know what that mm -hmm. is, but I did that I during videos of you like flipping symbols around. Yeah, and stuff. yeah exactly. <laughs> So I, I was doing that thing and um, in high school when I was still like a junior, a senior. So I thought I was the shit. I thought I was like, I thought I was so cool, so good. And then I, I started teaching my first, um, like my first group of kids of high schoolers how to play cymbals. And it was so humbling. Like I realized that I was such an asshole, like in high school to my to my teachers to the band director to my friends even that i was like what was i thinking like i would i never want to do that again that's that's just like i hate that about myself and it sparked like that you know i should put myself in the other person's shoes so mm -hmm. we can see how to move forward so i want to ask you did you have something that kind of sparked that or was it just kind of like something that just came to you um, I, there wasn't like a specific thing that I can remember, but I have had those moments before. Um, and again, it's just all just learning from stuff like that. And that's totally okay. And you definitely want to do that. So don't feel bad about it. You needed that experience to be where right. you are today. And I can share, I've had, there's one big one that I've had that totally flipped by my idea of leadership that if I can share if you would like me to. But specifically with like the the thinking of other people, I, I don't know, there wasn't something specific, but I remember like the day that I like thought of that because I was like, wow, I can solve anything if all I have to do is like think about the other person first. There wasn't a specific thing and I can't remember. It was just me being a, a dumb eighth grader, <laughs> but somehow it, it uh, you know, really helped me and I still practice that today. But the one thing that, this is like my big, um, the big, probably like the biggest pillar in how I conduct myself in leadership. So I ran a, I ran a pit orchestra for our drama club, my junior and senior year of high school. And um, I, it was like we had like a schedule that I would put out of all of the recurring times and you know we would it was basically like every Tuesday Thursday and Friday we would have night practices I can't remember the exact schedule and the schedule like ran out you know because I just put it on like a list you know like this date this date this date and it ran out and I was kind of like oh I'm not going to do another one because at this point everyone knows that Tuesday Wednesday and Friday we have rehearsal and then, you know, maybe a third of the pit orchestra showed up to that next rehearsal where the schedule, after the schedule ran out. 
And I remember I put in this like super passive aggressive um, chat or not chat, like message into yeah. our Facebook group being like, why didn't anyone show up? And no one told me they weren't going to come. Like, what is this? And I got so much fire back at me from like members that were like, you didn't put on a new schedule. Like, I didn't know. I'm really sorry. Um, I didn't know what was going on and like all of this stuff. And that was like a very humbling experience for me. And I had to take a step back and be like, oh my God, like, why did I, you know, like that, it was on me. Like, sure. Yeah, Re-evaluation. Like, because they should have just been like, oh yeah, we have practice tonight. But I didn't put out like a reminder that we had practice or anything. So I had to like take a step back and then I went in the group and I said, so sorry about that guys. This one's on me. You know, I didn't realize that, you know, some of you had other stuff going on and you didn't really know and you were relying so much on the schedule. So I'm really, really sorry. And, um, this one's on me. So thank you for the people who came tonight. And I think we got pizza that night. Cause I was like, people, if they're here, we're going to get pizza. And I was like, you know, I'm really sorry about that. Um, and then I'll put out a new schedule. I'll see you all on Wednesday. And that was the first time I realized that, you know, being reactive to a situation will never get you anywhere in leadership. That was, and I stand by like that principle for the rest of time since then. And for the rest of time, um, and it was probably one of the biggest columns of what decided who I was. And it was the same thing. I was like, oh my God, I'm being such a dick right now. Like, yeah. No, I didn't realize this and I like because people were like coming at me and on fire and you know it would have been really easy for me to be to stick my ground and be like well you know like why are you coming at me I'm like the leader here and I'm running the pit and you still didn't show up like I could have stuck my ground but instead I started you know I was like I'm really sorry I didn't mean to do that and I wasn't thinking and I'm just so sorry guys that you know and a lot of them forgave me because I was like oh my god they're all gonna hate me now and a lot of them were like well thank you for saying yeah. and that was another lesson that like sometimes you can mess up and just saying like you know I'm really sorry I was wrong you know like what can I do to fix this it gives gives you a lot of um, respect from other people and so those are two principles that I have just lived by religiously ever since that happened. So I've also had a moment like that. <laughs> Dude, that is so great to hear. Like I, I totally admire the people that can apologize in those leadership roles. Like I have a couple of examples, but I'll, I'll just pick one. That's like, yeah. I'll pick the most recent one, which would be like in my radar project class. It was like a week before our presentation and we had so much to do. And I was just like, at the start of the semester is like, don't worry, guys, I got you. I'm not going to let anyone fail. Like, we're going to, we're taking this thing to the top. And like a week at, a week before the presentation, I was like, oh, shit. Like, this is not looking good at all. So I just sent them like this email saying like, guys, I fucked up. I, I really need your help. And I, I'm sorry, but like, I can't do this alone. And I need your expertise. And I would really appreciate if you guys would just like let me know what you think and like what's going on in your heads and that was like just talking to them one-on-one -on -one after that was so it, it, they totally had like a different respect for me like it was mm -hmm. it was like really really awesome <laughs> so yeah yeah that's that's like one of the reasons why i think like you know that radar leadership even though it went terribly like it was still a success in my book. Like I still, I still find it like consider it a success. 
So And you gotta give yourself credit for even taking the time to reach out to them and talk to them and not just be like, Oh, I'm gonna ignore this because I would say probably the vast majority of people wouldn't have done that. So yeah. give yourself credit there because that's you know, that's really great. And again, like that's what I would want in a leader is someone who it would check in on me and ask how I was doing. So yeah, give yourself credit there. That's that's a really right. good and there is only a week left, but I was like, you know, I'd rather, I don't want the rest of the week to be absolutely horrible, even though it was, because we were really far behind. <laughs> but I felt like it would be better to say something now rather than after the project is over. So it was like, yeah, that's, that's where I want to end that. <laughs> All right, Bridget, let's do one final question, just because we're cutting it pretty close to like where I want the time to stop. Uh, Bridget, do you have any advice for your listeners? I do, and I feel like I always have like so much advice. Like this is like one of the things I feel like I, I can never shut up about. Um, but um, the one thing that I will share that I think applies to everyone, you know, in, in leadership, not in leadership, just in general to life and whatever you're interested in. Uh, it's something that took me a really long time to learn. But I'm glad I've learned it at the time, at being only 21 and not years from now. And that is don't ever be afraid to fail. We determine, we always determine that failure is a bad thing and that everyone's going to judge us based on our failures. But in reality, learn, it takes me 20 successes to learn what I learn in one failure. So don't be afraid of it just go along with it and everyone does it and everyone thinks that their failures are going to define them but when you think of a person you don't think of their failures you know you don't see a lot of the failures that i know and that i'm ashamed of but a lot of people look at me and they're like oh that's bridget and she does this and this and this and it's not like oh man like she failed at this and uh you know what i mean like we yeah, are much harder sure. on ourselves about failures but really like no one's gonna remember them and you know, in general, everyone fails, so it's not like anyone's going to judge you anyway. <laughs> so yeah. don't be afraid of that aspect, and that would probably be my my biggest um, advice to, to anyone. That's amazing. So I, I have, like, a little final thing <laughs> I want to say. Um, maybe not final. Final thing we can talk about, but I like to... I don't like to. I'm I'm pretty hard on myself as a person. Like not even by choice. It's just like habitual. Oh yeah. It's it's like <laughs> yeah. It's a habit. I dude. I've never used that word before. Yeah. And it just popped up in my head, and it just fit so well. <laughs> it was awesome. But yeah, I, I'm just like generally pretty hard on myself as a person. So, um, what do you think we could do to like? not do that like to to be kind to ourselves or maybe that's what i've been trying to work on too like i want to treat people how i i want to be treated did that make sense yes i want to treat people how i want to be treated but i also want people to treat me like the same way so why don't i treat myself the same way like why am i not kind to myself and that's that's what I've been trying to work on. So, do you have that like issue with like your your own failures? You're like really hard on yourself, and it's like, ah, man. 
Yeah, 100%. 100%. (laughs) And I think we are all like that. You know, I don't think there's a single person who's just like, yeah, I'm just going to fail and be totally okay with it. It's hard. It's, It's really, really hard to get yourself in the mindset to flip to flip that we're just very naturally in the state of like oh like i need to be great and i need to be successful and i need to impress other people and uh it's it's hard to break away from that i definitely think it just takes practice just like anything Mm -hmm. else and you got to be bad at something before you're good at something so um you know just the thing that I did and it works decently well for me. But as I said, like I still struggle. So maybe this isn't the answer and someone else has a better answer than I do. But it's the, you know, it's, it's when you fail and you start feeling, you know, really bad about yourself. You're just asking yourself like, okay, like, nope, it's okay. Everyone goes through this and how am I going to recover? What's next? Like when I lost that job, that's probably the worst failure I think I've, I've ever had. And it was completely out of my control. You know, I've definitely had failures that were in my control, but like that was a huge hit for me and I felt worthless. You know, I was like, what, you know, I didn't work hard enough and I don't know why this happened. And, you know, it's, I've been working years to get like a job like this. And then I, you know, I lost it for, for no reason. What did I do wrong? And it was like the first time in my life that I was like, nothing matters (laughs) but you know you have to like sit there and be like you know what like this happens to everyone for me a lot of times that helps too is like and this is why i'm so open about sharing my failures is a lot of times the things that help me get out of a funk like that is talking to others who had failures like mine and then they're like oh yeah i had something like happening that happened to me and then i had this happen to me and you know it makes me feel like i'm not alone so I write yeah. people all the time, you're not alone. We all fail. We all make mistakes. We all are super hard on ourselves that we're not achieving enough and that we're not enough and we're never going to make it. But the truth is uh, you're doing just fine wherever you are. And just to continuously like remind yourself of that. Like I have a sticker on my laptop, like literally like right here that says fail often, fail fast and fail forward because I need that reminder every single time I open my laptop that, you know, a failure is okay and we should be able to fail every day and not feel bad about it. Um, something like I, I read it in a, another book that I read that I think puts it in a good light, which is we all know um, like the iPhone and Apple, but we don't know like the three products that Apple tried to launch before the iPhone and it completely failed. We use Google every single day, but we don't know the 10 websites that Google was before it was Google. And those both those creators tanked, you know, put a lot of time and a lot of money into each and one of those creations just for it to completely flop. But they were like, okay, I learned this from this one and this from this one, and then they were successful. And we are the exact same way. And it can be in terms of relationships, it can be in the terms of careers, It can be in terms of something really stupid and dumb, like how well you sweep your apartment, you know, like you're going to you're going to learn every single time you do something that's not the best and just accepting that like, oh, man, like that sucked. But, you know, this it's not all for nothing. And uh, at the end of the day, like you're still alive and you're still (laughs) you're still kicking and you still have a purpose. So um, that's probably the best way I would say um, 
to deal with it, at least for me, but someone else might have a better answer. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's incredible. Thank you so much, Bridget, and thank you, everybody, for listening to today's episode. And uh, is there anything you want to plug? Like, any, uh, <laughs> any last words you want to say? Like, shout out to mom and dad or something? Shout out to mom and dad. Um, All right, great. Not really. <laughs> don't have anything, you know, anything to plug. But, um, well, thank you, Brian, for inviting me. This was really fun. I've never had anyone ask me to be a part of something like this before. So... Um, I was really happy you asked me, and this was a lot of fun. Yeah, great. All right, see you guys next time. Peace.